We'd like to thank each and every one of you for being here this morning, especially those of you who are visiting. We'd like to also, if you're a visitor, uh, on the pew, the back of the pew in front of you, there are visitor's cards. We'd love to have a record of your attendance, so if you would fill that out and on your way out here in the lobby, there's a, a lockbox there. If you'll just drop that in there, we would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Also, if you just need prayer requests, on the back of those cards are prayer requests, and when we receive those, we try to pray for those during the week here in the office and, and pass that on to the leadership. So uh, if you are needing in need of prayer requests, please fill that out and put that in the box as well and we will make sure that you will be lifted to the Father. Thank all of you that are joining us online. We thank you for being with us this morning and if you happen to be joining us later uh, by recording, we thank you for being with us uh, as well. I do want to remind all of us about our meeting tonight at uh, 6 p.m. We'll be here in the auditorium and uh, you will not want to miss that. Uh, Thomas Stubbs will be speaking to us and Thomas always does a great job and we look forward to, uh, to hearing what Thomas has to say tonight. So that will be here in the auditorium uh, tonight at 6 p.m. And then on next Sunday, next Sunday evening is our fellowship Sunday night and uh, we're going to gather and have a period of devotion and then enjoy a meal together and have fellowship time together and uh, as we have had in the past, the cornhole boards will be out there and you can play and just enjoy fellowshipping and being together. Now, the menu is hot dogs will be provided. You're asked to bring chips or desserts. Now, I realize that not everyone likes hot dogs. I got a solution. Just eat before you come. And then come and fellowship. Or grab you something on the way in and you sit and eat with us. We want to have this opportunity to fellowship. So if you can be here, either one of those, that would be great. We would uh, gladly appreciate your attendance. Both tonight, you will be blessed to hear Thomas. And then next Sunday for the opportunity to fellowship together. I want to reiterate what Bradley said. Um, uh, we're thankful for technology. But you know, sometimes technology just doesn't work. Have you ever had your phone mess up? It messes up sometimes. You're going, what in the world's going on? My phone's messed up. I got to get a new one, right? And we think that way. Technology is great, but sometimes it messes up. And for those of us who are up front relying on it, it makes us nervous, right, Bradley? And so I appreciate your patience this morning and appreciate your willingness to use the book. And I'm thankful that it is working. But the reality is... Is we still have the printed word both in God's word and also in our songbooks and so we're thankful that we have backups when technology doesn't uh, doesn't cooperate with us why do we pray why do you pray we pray because we've been taught to pray. We've been taught to seek God for the answers of life and for the trials. We have been taught that God is in control and it's important to pray to Him. I can remember growing up and being taught by my parents to pray. And maybe you were taught with that children's prayer, Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. We were taught to pray that prayer because we were taught that it's important to pray to God. Later we grew and we learned to move beyond that children's prayer to heartfelt prayers in faith to God. My dad at many of our family gatherings, 
He was always the one who was asked to pray. And I'm thankful that um, I had that example. I'm thankful that I had the example of parents who said it's important to pray and we're going to teach you to pray. I'm thankful that I had a dad that not only wanted to teach me to pray but was an example of prayer to me. Why do we not pray? Maybe we don't pray because it's not a priority. Maybe we don't pray because we say, you know what, I really don't know how to pray. Or maybe it is we are just not in practice and therefore we just don't pray. And so today's lesson is not a general lesson on prayer. But it's a prayer from our text, Luke chapter, Luke chapter 11. It's a prayer about familiarity. It's familiarity between the one who's being prayed to and the one who is praying. We're talking about prayer between Father God and His children. And so I want you to notice there in Luke chapter 11. In Luke chapter 11, as Ryder read for us, one of Jesus' disciples, a follower of Jesus, someone who's close to Jesus, someone who's following Him wherever He goes. One of His disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray like John also taught His disciples to pray. And then He gave an example of prayer. And then He followed that up with a parable and then an application. And so I want us to begin looking this morning at this parable beginning in Luke chapter 11 and verse 5. And I want us to notice some things that Jesus teaches his followers. That Jesus teaches his children or, or the children of God about prayer to Father God. And first of all we'll notice that God answers. Listen to as he tells this parable beginning in verse 5. He said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though, he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend. Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. This parable is true to the times. For in the east, doors would be open in the daytime. But at night, those doors would be shut. Most people would travel by night. So they could avoid the heat of the day. And since this was an unexpected visit, he needed to seek help. Most in that day and time, they would prepare enough bread for the day. But in those small villages, there was one person who would always prepare extra. In case there was a visit, and the people would know who, the, who had extra. Because of this urgency of his situation... This, in this parable, this individual had faith in his friend. 
So much so that he was willing to go to his friend's house at midnight to ask for help. Now, as I mentioned, most would know who had extra bread in those villages. But for a guest to show hospitality, they would want to give them a fresh loaf that had not been broken. In the story, in Luke chapter 11 and verse 7, the friend replied, Do not trouble me. The door is shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. Now in Palestine, it's interesting that most people in that day and time, they were poor. And they lived in these cottages. And in these one-room cottages, which had a, it was built on the ground and it had a beaten down clay floor. Now I want you to think about that for a minute. Think about those living conditions. The animals were kept inside at night to avoid the weather or possible theft. Imagine living in this kind of house. That's a different way to live, isn't it? In fact, I struggle a little bit trying to imagine that. But try in your mind imagining if we live that way today. One room houses. Dirt floors. A second floor set up on like stilts or some sort of a platform supported. The animals inside so that we could avoid losing them by the weather or by theft. I wonder how our lives might be different. I wonder if that might affect our prayers. I wonder if that might affect our decisions. It's interesting to think about. But in these one-room houses, they would have a, a second floor, like a platform. And it was on that platform where the family would cook together, eat together, and sleep together. And so naturally, we can understand when this, when this man came, we can understand why he didn't want to get up and disturb the whole family. But the desperate man continued to knock at the door of his friend. Because of his persistence, the man rose and he helped him. But now the point of this parable is not to say, you know, hey, gee, uh, God, he, when you pray to him, he's reluctant to answer you. You see, really, it's a contrast. It's a contrast of simply a friend, a trusted friend between that and God, the Father, the Creator of the universe, the one who sent Jesus to die on that cross for us so that we might become His children. You see, we are the children of God, and He is ready to answer us. And though, maybe God doesn't immediately answer us. We have to realize that Though God may not always answer the way we want to, we know that God answers with what He knows we need. And sometimes that's nothing at the moment. Sometimes that's waiting. For example, in Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. There's a Canaanite woman that comes to Jesus and she asks Jesus for help. 
And it appears in the text that Jesus, he's ignoring her and he's unwilling to hear her. But I want you to hear why a, a source, one source that I read gave an answer of why Jesus reacted this way. And this is what he says. Not because he was reluctant to give, but because he knew that her faith would carry her triumphantly over all obstacles in her path. She just needed that faith to be challenged and to be strengthened. That's what she needed. And Jesus knew that. In Matthew chapter 15 and verse 28, Jesus gives an answer to her persistence and strengthened faith. This is what he says in Matthew 15 and verse 28. O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Because of her faith. Because of her shameless faith in going to Jesus and continuing to ask you see the word persistence in the New King James Version. If you have the English Standard Version, you'll have the word impudence. It literally means persistence to the point of shamelessness. The New International Version translates it this way. Yet because of your shameless audacity. You see, the idea is that the man had no shame of going to his friend at midnight because of his faith in his friend. And the great need that he had, he knew his friend would come through. Even when his friend told him to go away, he was not shameful to keep on knocking and asking. It wasn't a shame to him because of his faith and his trust in his friend. And you see, that's the contrast between. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. The contrast of this friend versus that of God the Father. God will answer His children. He is eager to answer the prayers of His children. And you know another thing that we learn from this text is that Jesus says when we're in need, there is only one place to go. Do you remember what was read for us in verse 2? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. There's only one place to go for the children of God in time of need. And that is to God the Father. Isn't it interesting? When someone's in need, we always say, What can I do for you? And the answer many times is pray. Is there anything else? Hey, prayer is the best thing we can do. Prayer is the number one thing that we can do. And aren't you glad we have that opportunity? And the opportunity to do more. We approach Him as the Almighty. We approach Him as the Creator of the world. We approach Him as the Father. We approach Him full in faith. But He's ready to answer his children. And he's always ready to answer his children with what they need. But I want you to notice the next thing. So Jesus tells this parable and then he follows this parable up. He gives an example. He tells a story and then he follows it up with the application. Verse 9. 
So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Jesus says, I want you to keep asking. I want you to keep seeking God for answers. He literally says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Each of these statements are in the present tense. In other words, they are continual. So in other words, it could say, keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Another interesting thing about those terms is the term for knock. The term for knock is to knock with the knuckles. It's not the term, another word that could have been used, but it's not that term that means to knock with a heavy blow when they're beating on the door. That's not the terminology. The terminology is a, it's just a simple knock. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. Keep on asking. God's children are to be shameless just as the friend at midnight. Not because God is reluctant to answer. Because we have faith knowing that God hears his children. We have faith knowing that God is ready to answer. Look at some other things in the example that Jesus gives in the first part of Luke chapter 11. So he says, pray to the Father. That's important. Remember who it is you're going to. Number two, look at verse three. Give us day by day our daily bread. Praying to God for provisions. In the Sermon on the Mount, the Bible tells us God knows what we need. Don't worry, get overly concerned about food. Know that God knows we need those. Seek God and he will provide. And then number four in verse four. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. We seek forgiveness from God. And then we follow that example by being willing to forgive our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then finally in this example he says, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliverance in the midst of temptation. How do we overcome that? We turn to God. We seek God. We knock at God's door. We ask God. In verse 5, remember Jesus asked, Which of you... Which of you, and he tells this story, Eldred Elkels said this, Jesus is saying, can you imagine the ridiculous situation in which your friend, even in the middle of the night, would offer excuses to keep from giving you bread if you needed it? And then he adds, or Jesus adds this to the same point in verses 11 through 13. If a son asks for bread... From any father among you, will he give him a stone? What father among you, Jesus is saying, if your son asks you, you're going to give him a stone if he asks for bread. Or if he asks for a fish, you're going to give him a serpent instead of a fish. 
Or if he asks for an egg, we'll offer him a scorpion. What father among you would do that? You see the contrast? Jesus wants these disciples to understand. Listen, even a friend, even if you go at midnight, and even if he answers and makes excuses, you're still going to ask, what friend? That's ridiculous for a friend to act that way, right? And what about you fathers? What father among you, if your children ask for something that they need, will not provide them or give them something harmful? And then he goes on to say, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? God is there willing. Here's the point. If a mere human friend would meet your needs... Why would the child of God assume God would not answer his children and provide what they need? So we ask in faith. We ask in assurance, knowing God our Father is willing to answer our prayers and provide things that we need. One thing I always say, God is going to answer us. It may not be the way we want Him to. But God is going to answer us because we are His children and we've submitted our life to Him. And we should take comfort in knowing God hears us. But this does raise some questions. What am I asking? What is it I'm seeking and what door is it that I'm knocking on? Am I asking out of my own selfish desires or out of God's will? Am I seeking my own selfish desires or am I seeking the will of God? Am I knocking on the door of my will or am I knocking on the door of God's will? Paul said it this way in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. In other words, we need to be on guard. If you are a child of God, you, have, you are in the flesh, but you have the Spirit of God. And those are opposed to one another. Do you think Satan is going to give up? Do you think Satan wants you to pray and ask and seek and knock in the will of God? No. Satan will distract us. Satan will appeal to the flesh because he knows when we're seeking the flesh, when we're knocking at the door of the flesh, and when we're asking in the flesh, that he can have us. That he can pull us away. You see, Father God, He's willing to answer His children. And He's willing to provide what we need in His will. We have to seek the Father knowing that He's ready. Knowing that He will answer according to our needs, according to His will. In 1 John chapter 5, beginning in verse 14, the Bible says, 1 John chapter 5 verse 14, now this is the confidence that we have in Him. 1 John 5 verse 14. This is the confidence we have in Him. 
that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know what He hears, we know that He hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. We know that. We can take that to the bank. We can have confidence knowing God hears the prayers of His children. I came across a, a story I wanted to share with you, just a short story or a short illustration. There was a Christian missionary and he was discussing religion with a friend of his from another religion. In the course of their conversation, the missionary asked, Why do you always beat a gong when you enter your temple? And his friend, embarrassed, replied, You're not going to believe this, but we do it to get our God's attention. Christians do not have to make a bunch of noise to get the attention of God the Father. I'm reminded of the prophet Elijah. Do you remember when he went up against the prophets of Baal? They were praying and screaming out and making all kinds of noise. And Elijah says, cry louder, maybe he's asleep. But when Elijah honors and lifts up to Father God, he hears and he answered. We don't have to wake him up. Aren't you thankful as a child of God? God is there. God is listening. God is ready to answer according to what we need and according to his will. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 33 and verse 18, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those who hope in His mercy. Today, as a child of God, take confidence knowing that God hears the prayers of His children, knowing that God will answer according to our need and His will. Let's keep asking. Let's keep seeking. And let's keep knocking. In the will of God. Today, if you're not a child of God, we ask you, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth and He lived among humans and He went to the cross and He died? And He shed His blood for the forgiveness of our sins. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That's what God did for us. God cares about mankind. God cares about humans despite what the world is going to tell us. Despite what the world is trying to convince everybody, God cares about His creation. So much so that He made provisions. Don't ever think. Don't ever let anyone else cause us to think God doesn't love us. And because God loves us, 
when we submit to Him in His will, when we come asking and seeking and knocking in His will, God hears His children. And He will answer. If you're not a child of God, why do you wait? If you are a child of God and maybe you have a need to respond and ask your church family, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, to lift you to the throne of God today, we stand here willing and ready to help you any way we can as together we stand and sing. Oh,